This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club just by listening. You're a member. My name is Colton David Pratt. And I'm Sydney Augustine Lyerly. <laughs> and for the first time ever, we're recording remotely because we it is are. not a summer vacation and we're not near each other. So this if there's is accurate. a weird, weird delay or something, just just deal with it. <laughs> just don't ask questions. I also Just let it be. I cannot hear myself. I can hear Colton, but I can't hear myself and it's driving me crazy. It's driving so. her actually. We spent like 15 full minutes sitting here trying to figure out how to get her to hear herself. So I hate it. It's it'll bugging be me. It's not. It's, it's not fine, though. I'm not okay with it. But we're still reading <laughs> Fairy Tale by Stephen King. This week, we read chapters 10, 10. So like 10, chapter 10, section 10, yes. all the way through the end of chapter 11. A lot yes. of really wild things happened this week. Yes. Chapter 11 is very, very long. It's very but I long. get to do all of it. Yay! And yeah, it's weird. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> this whole book, the pattern has been Sydney does the first one, I do the second one. Every week so far. This yeah. is the first week where I get to go first. Woo! Um, We're throwing it so, off. Yeah. So I get to go first with chapter 10, section 10, uh, yep. which is uh, entirely a recording from Howard Bowditch to our main character. So I'm just sure going to go through really quick. And break it down. I would do a dramatic reading if it wasn't like 17 pages long. So yeah. we'll just go ahead and, and talk through while. what happens. Uh, so basically, it's it's after he's gone out to the shed and saw the cockroaches out there, he comes back and he's finishing the recording. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing that they say back in the recording is is uh, Bodich tells him they're just cockroaches. They're not dangerous. Uh, and for some reason, they push their way underneath the boards and come out here, even though our, our air is toxic to them. So yes. they they end up they end up getting immediately melted essentially, but for some reason they're still all about it. They're not um, um, smart cockroaches, apparently. I don't think most cockroaches are smart. If I had to guess, they're probably on average yeah, pretty but dumb. They're large cockroaches. I thought maybe that would make like their brains a little bigger and they'd be a little smarter. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't the know. Is, I figured their processing <laughs> is the same, but it's okay. It probably is, but I don't know. I yeah. was trying to give them some credit. <laughs> all right so he he basically is the first whole section is him telling him cockroaches not scary second thing uh they come from what i call what, what howard calls the well of worlds which he stole from a novel um yep what what i said yep <laughs> oh i thought you said oh like you're gonna, you're gonna no. correct me no, no don't I correct said, me yep <laughs> um so he he says I didn't actually find this well. I just kind of fell into it, and then he goes back into his into his backstory, talking about how he was uh, a woodcutter, and people basically tried to uh, get him to join World War, the World War, and so he ditched it, got on a train, and, and rode out to where he is now, which is where this story takes yeah. place. Basically, I'm skipping a lot of his backstory. He's extremely old from 1911. Uh, is when he got his uh, woodcutter job in 1917 is when he ditched town. Yeah, and uh, he was like 17 or something at that time. So Young young guy, young adult man. Yeah, but uh, that means he was born and, in the 1800s, which we already knew, yeah, but that makes ridiculous. him real old. Um, And so while he was here, he, at first he thought he was going to continue on because there wasn't much woodcuttering to do here. 
Uh, but then he saw a sign for a uh, job for a land surveyor, just a guy who uh, is wise in the ways of the maps and the woods is what it says here, yep. um, which he thought that he was and he got it. And he loved that job where he would uh, basically just walk around the woods, check out things, survey things, make maps, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Basically, he's he's just this whole thing is weird because it's just him talking about like town was different. There wasn't a bridge. Town was different. And that's just kind of what he's doing for a little while. Nothing yeah. like super crazy. Nope. Uh, and then he talks about when he was walking through the woods trying to find a small town that he knew was on the other side of the woods. He genuinely just slipped and fell into this giant. Uh, I think he says 175 foot deep well is what he, I yeah. think he says the number is at the end. Uh, he falls for a ways. He manages to catch his uh, hands on the gap in the stonework and uh, survives. Essentially, he That's says he's very impressive. lucky. You imagine yeah, he, you're he, falling and you catch yourself while you're falling. That's pretty impressive. My sister did that. We were biking on a bike in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, she fell off a cliff. We were biking on the bike to oh, Ohio, and, no. and my sister, she, the, somebody said behind us, on your left. So we moved over to the right to let them pass. And yeah. I was in the front of the group because I'm always in the front of the group because I can't ride straight. I, I, when I was a child, I was all over the road. <laughs> me too. And so they put me in the front. Katie was one behind me. All of a sudden, everybody behind me was screaming. And I turned around. I was like, what? Because I didn't know anything wrong. I think over you've the told edge, me this story before. It's like a 20-foot drop. And halfway down, my sister is dangling by her fingertips, holding the bike <laughs> no. up in her legs. Like, oh, Kate, my sister no. genuinely did what you just said. Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, that's impressive. It's terrifying. Yeah, my family joined a human impressive. chain. My family, my family got her up by like my grandma grabbed a tree my grandpa got my grandma's and then they, they formed a human chain and walked over the edge and got katie and tossed her up she rode the rest no. of the way she was fine it's crazy how is she just like okay i'm fine moving on i would be no, like she was petrified. well the whole time she was going help me daddy save me daddy get me daddy over and over as she was sitting there dangling from the ledge but no. That's <laughs> it's crazy awful. to me that she just <laughs> it's crazy that she just caught it Oh, that's um, insane. That's impressive. I'm glad she so, caught it. That would have been real yeah. bad. If if she hadn't, that would have been just the worst. I don't have any way to describe how <laughs> sad I'd be. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so he talks about after he fell, he decided to walk down the stairway that's in this well. He gets all the way to the bottom and finds a tunnel. The tunnel's like yeah. weirdly tall, like a tall tunnel. Like he doesn't have to duck to walk into it. Like it's a, it's a yes. pretty high uh, yeah. tunnel for for his sense and as he's walking he starts hearing noises above his head and so he looks up with his flashlight and finds bats the size of turkey buzzards just <laughs> terrifyingly huge <laughs> That'd bats. Be awful yeah and we learned something about howard is that snakes and insects okay by howard but freaking bats does not like bats not he is okay. a, not a fan he's but, okay with giant cockroaches but he can't do bats big cockroaches big snakes big snails fine but big bats he cannot handle. And so Honestly, he tells the story of he basically that's just. Fair. Yeah, you no, know, it's completely fair. Bats are terrifying. But honestly, um, any big animal that's larger than it should be is a hard pass for me. I couldn't do bunny it. Rabbits? <laughs> bunny rabbits? Would they be, that's a hard pass for you? Big bunnies? <sighs> okay, maybe that'd be okay. That'd still be kind of <laughs> freaky. You can't tell I me disagree. that'd be a little freaky. It'd be a little freaky, but I like big bats and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thanks, Colin. Tells, thank you. He tells the story. He just continues walking past the bats, which, you know, if you got scared by big bats, it seems weird to just keep going. I would, you know, 360 and or sorry, like 180 and I'm out. Howard, when he was younger, had a very like 
He just, he had a lot of courage. But to be fair, mm-hmm. he also did live in the woods. So he definitely saw things worse than big bats, I would say. Like big bears. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll like take, big bears. I will take large turkey buzzard, turkey buzzard? Yeah. Turkey sized, turkey buzzard sized bats over bears any day. So you're wrong. You're sorry. How, how, nope. is, my, how is that wrong? Because bears, bears are flying and they're not they're the size that bears look like they should be so, so if, a bear could kill me a bat's probably not gonna kill me even if it is a, extremely large a turkey buzzard's like a, like a vulture like at the size of a vulture like that yeah, could kill me but it's probably not going to bats are more scared of us than we are of them i feel like bears aren't really scared of me yeah, and they probably are but like well bears are scared of you for one and for two the reason they're yeah. scared is because they're big and so when a bat gets big, maybe it'll stop being so such a wimp all the time. Like maybe a big bat would be a murder bat. I you don't still know would rather thing. come across a large murderous bat than a bear. Thank you very much. A bad opinion. I'm sorry. We're going to continue, <laughs> but that was a bad opinion. No. Um, so he continues on and suddenly he feels like woozy and lightheaded. He talks about like in his story, he says suddenly he feels woozy and lightheaded. And he looks down at himself and finds himself like, he looks insubstantial. Like he, you can kind of, see, he can kind of see through himself. Kind of, he becomes ghost. He becomes ghost boy. Yeah, for sure. Ghost boy. Um, <laughs> and he, after that happens, he eventually like feels fine again and continues to walk. He's guessing he's going to come off, come out on like the other side of this hill that he was on in the real world. But when yeah. he walks out into the into the space, he finds a field of gorgeous red flowers, just a giant field. And in the distance, he sees a giant city. And real this close is like me... a path that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Say what you're about to say. No. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say this gives me um, Wizard of Oz vibes. Very much Wizard of Oz. And yes. Because of the poppies, and then also when you were saying, I'm sure you were probably about to say this, which is why I stopped. But um, <laughs> when you were about to say the city, the city's green. Like it looks. Green. But we don't know like, that yet. Well, no. He says. Doesn't he say that? Howard doesn't say that. Oh, I thought he said it looked green. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> that. I knew that. I was trying to be secretive about it so that you could get the reveal in your chapter. Whoopsie. Man. I Man. really thought he did. Um, oh, well. Then he sees a path that goes down to a little house. And then um, it, it's, the story stops for a second to tell you that his breathing starts getting like more labored. Like, uh, it, like it's harder for Bowditch to breathe in the recording. Yeah. And then it gets back. Uh, and suddenly he talk, He realizes that this tape is as long. Like he could fill this tape and more, but he doesn't yeah. have the time in his life left, and he knows it. And so he's, he's gonna dying. start speed running through things. Yes. Um, basically, he says, "I don't have. I could fill five of these tapes, but I could feel that my left arm is numb and my face is going numb. I can tell a heart attack is coming, and yeah. so I do not have the time to uh, continue this." Um, That's freaky. <laughs> why? Because, like, just imagine, I mean, I guess if you're that old, you would know when a heart attack was coming. But, like, I don't like the vibes of, oh, yeah, I'm definitely dying. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know how I feel about those vibes. <laughs> um, And so he te- says that he was a coward. He, uh, he thinks of himself as Jack and the Beanstalk at the time, where yeah. Jack ran up the thing and ran down with the gold. And he did the same thing, except he's not a kid. And so he doesn't, he feels kind of guilty about that. Um, yeah. But we also learned uh, that he, this world has um, two moons, which is interesting to me. And yeah, two moons. Like and different, different completely different constellations. Yeah. 
do you think this is like a teleport situation? Like they teleport to a different real planet that exists somewhere in the in the galaxy or the universe? Or do you think know. it's like a multiverse where they go to an entirely different universe? Or is it all in their imaginations and the, the funny feeling they feel is like carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> and they just black out <laughs> the bottom of this pit and then wake up eventually and walk out? That would be interesting. Um, I don't. All know. of these things could be true, but it would be wild if you managed to get gold out of a carbon monoxide pit. Like yeah. it'd be wild if you managed to find yeah. gold down there. So it must um, be real. I don't know. I just think of it as like, well, it's it's interesting because there's like a sky and everything. They're basically, I think of it as like they're underneath the state of Illinois, but there's a sky. So yeah. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and stars yeah, it's, it's, and a moon. It so. must be a teleport situation. They must be teleported somewhere else, or like maybe you know transported yeah. into a different universe or whatever um but he talks about again the air of our world is poisonous to them and the air of their world is invigorating to us which yeah. seems like kind of weirdly biased but okay uh, <laughs> i mean all right then he starts to get back into like the city he saw, talked about in the distance uh and it's perilous especially at night and he basically says, if you go, go by day and don't go through the gates. Follow the path that I've marked on trees with my initials, A, B. Yeah. Because um, if you don't follow that path, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be, be off and get caught by something. But yeah. if you follow it, uh, you'll be fine, he says. Uh, and then it gives another pause where he gets even more raspy breathing, even more uh, sounds like he's on the verge of death, which is sad. And yeah. uh, and. Charlie says that he like during this time assumes like he was in chem class like when he got the call like it's right before he got the call right here yes. he thinks. um and then he talks about you know uh talks about she brought he brought radar when radar was a puppy and uh she had a great time she had no issue with like the border between the worlds that he has lightheadedness with yeah um, which is weird that's a, I feel like that's a theory thing to, to, to theorize about later why the animals seem to be able to pass without any issue Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he rambles a bit about the dog and how the dog is fine. And then he's like, crap, I don't have time for this. I can't. I need to stop rambling. I don't have time to ramble. Yeah. And so he uh, says, you can you can choose to take radar with you um, and then talk about like there's a way to enliven her with a giant time dial. What's it called? Sundial. Sun sundial. Yeah. Which yep. seems to be. A reference in somebody in like a Bradbury novel, which he, which uh, Howard seems to say uh, that he thinks the guy actually genuinely went to this other world to make his story at some point. Yeah, uh, which is strange. Uh, once again, he says, uh, "Oh no!" He goes, "The sundial is in the secret is the secret of my longevity, and I paid a price. You must not get on it yourself. But if you're to put radar on it, oh Christ! I think it's happening. My God." And then um, basically it sounds uh, like bad things are happening. And so he does a really, really quick, a really, really quick at the end. Uh, I, I, he says, Charlie, I hate to think of sending you into the, the source of many of our Earth's earthly terrors. Um, basically that. So like that's a theory as well. Yeah. The source of a lot of our planet's terrors come from the other world, according to Mr. Adrian Bowditch. Yes. Or Howard Bowditch. I don't know which one to call him. I've called him back, both just back call and him forth. Bowditch, honestly. That's just yeah, what no. I, would, I would call him. That's lame. I mean, he was both. He was two different people, kind of, yeah. I guess. And then Adrian Howard Bowditch says, uh, I'm willing everything to you. 
and it's a gift, but it's also a burden because this thing is here. And the idea yeah. of imagine what imagine what would happen if people discovered that there was a world down here full of gold that also has a sleeping killer god. And like basically, uh, he also gives a bunch of words here that we don't actually know. Like, would they fear the flight killer? Who knows what that mm-hmm. is? Or waking the terrible god of that place from its long toes. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I'm so freaking excited to actually get to learn about. I yeah. hope it's coming soon because I really want to get into like dive into learning about what actually is happening. Yeah. But it's okay. It'll and then, come eventually. <laughs> it'll <obviously>. come eventually. <laughs> and then there's more rattles and clunks. And then it seems like the um, phone call that we heard earlier like you hear the phone kind of on the recording and then it cuts out yeah um and he's now uh like charlie's freaking out a little bit he doesn't know what to do about it he takes the tape out of the machine uh and puts the tape in his pocket and uh then he goes home and that's the end of our chapter because he doesn't know what to do he's lost yeah so i am so excited to learn about like this crap going on yeah. in the other world, like the actual like sundial and city of gold, and like mm-hmm. more about that woman that so, we hear about in the next chapter. I want to so know. Much stu- Here's the. Go ahead, tell me. Ask <laughs> um, me. Well, I was just ask gonna me. ask what you thought of this, the remaining part of this chapter. It, I I like that it set up a lot of questions, but I wish that the questions were answered now. I am, I love fantasy. <laughs> That's not how books work. It's been Colin. so long. I'm so ready for fantasy to start. I'm ready for like <laughs> fights and fun and running and yeah. gods and whack so, crap happening. Okay. I'm super hyped. Um, theories. Let's do some theories. Okay. I mean, some of them, I guess, kind of not really. I don't think anything really gets answered next chapter. Nothing huge. We get to know a little bit about like the the cabin he talks about, but not much yeah. or anything huge. Um. Okay. So theory, what do you think flight killer is? Flight killer. Do you have any idea? It's definitely, it's definitely like a monster. I want it to be a monster. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that it's just a really cool monster that Charlie fights with a gun, and they <laughs> fight, and it's cool. And it's yeah. fun to read. It's exhilarating. I hope it's that. That's what I hope. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, and he also mentions um, the god that's sleeping. So what do you think yeah. that's about? Well, of course, there's a, a sleeping god. Um, mm-hmm. It must be the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. That, mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think. And I think it has to be the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. That it, If it's not, I'm going to be, I would be, you know. Not sad or anything, but it feels so much like it has to be Jack and the Beanstalk Giant. Yeah. Like, don't you think? Don't you yeah. think, Sydney? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really confirm or deny this. I know it sucks. You take it from anything. <laughs> you have to sit here and be lame. Um, Sorry. My bad. Any other things you want me to theorize about? Um, I guess just, well, I was going to say what's in the world, but I guess we kind of find that out a little bit next chapter. So. Find a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for Cindy to get into her chapter. Okay, it's time for chapter 11 now. You ready? So I'll read off the titles because we didn't have that last <laughs> last uh, section. <laughs> um, so titles chapter 11. That night, school days, dad leaves, the well of the world, the other, the old woman, and a nasty surprise. So this kind of starts off with Charlie is in his house and he's kind of, he's reading a book. But he's very, like, out of it. But he's also very into the book, which yeah, I agree with that. I am also into books sometimes, you know? <laughs> we have a podcast reading books. I would hope so. 
No, I hate them. I can't believe you forced me to do this, Colin. I can't stand reading. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just tease. Just um, teasing. But his dad is, he's hidden the uh, the tape on the top of his shelf where no one can find it, hopefully. And his dad is like, hey, are you okay? Like, you know, obviously you're thinking about Mr. Bowditch, Um, But like, are you, gonna, are you okay? And uh, Charlie's like, yeah, I'm all right. I missed him a lot. And he's he reached down, pets radar, and is like, "Oh, she's my dog now. She's my responsibility. Like, what happens to her? I have to like, you know, do something about the fact that she's dying." Scary. Yeah, I agree. Um, and his dad's like, "Hey, remember, I'm going on this uh, retreat next week. I'm gonna be gone for like four days. It's like an Overland retreat. So he's going with Lindy. If you remember Lindy, and love Lindy." Yeah, so it's just like there's gonna be like seminars and stuff, like team building exercises. Um, he obviously doesn't work for Overland anymore, but Lindy was able to get him an invitation, which right. is nice of Lindy. I like Lindy. Get get um, the man connections so that he can, you know, grow his business yeah. and stuff. Yes, basically. Mm, good for his. And Charlie's dad. like, is there gonna be drinking? And his dad's like, well, yeah, but not from me. Like I promise, I won't. Um, they'll be drinking, but I I won't have anything more than like a soda or something. Let's. Go, Dad. I forget your first name. You keep it up. Yes, man. I don't know. I don't know what his dad's first name is either. Maybe like, his dad's just Dad. It might no, just be Dad. Oh, it's like, I think it's like George. I think it's like George. What's Charlie's last name? Reed. Okay, George Reed sounds kind of right. You I keep going. George. I'll find the dad's name. I'll find the dad's name. I believe name. it's you keep George. Going. Okay. Um, but... And so he asked Charlie, he's like, are you going to be okay while I'm gone? And Charlie's like, yeah, I'll be all right. And he thinks about the fact that he's like, I don't, as long, assuming I don't get lost in um, this city that's supposedly ruled by a sleeping god. Um, and that kind of makes him laugh. And his dad's like, what's so funny? <laughs> and he's like, oh, nothing. I'm not 10. I'll be okay. But he's thinking yeah. about the fact he wonders if there's cell service. And he's like, well, Verizon probably doesn't have <laughs> access down there, <laughs> which is fair, but. <laughs> what if it did? It is George. What if there was cell service down there? That's what I thought. I thought it was George. Yeah, there's it's a, it's a different world. It doesn't mean they don't have internet down there. Maybe their world is set up <laughs> in internet independently of our world. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, but no, they so don't. We know the do. answer to this, by the way. They don't. We do. they have it. That's why we were yeah. talking about it. Yeah. I don't know why you and I were maybe like it's actually a possibility. <laughs> we know it doesn't. We've we've read the like, chapter. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> but his dad is um, they're talking about the trip, and his dad tells him just that there's going to be team bonding exercises. Shows up, they're doing trust falls off of trees, which sounds <laughs> literally terrible. I I don't know yeah, why, if trust I could ever trust. On their own. Exactly. I don't, and speaking from experience, for listeners, Colton loves to do trust falls randomly. Like, we'll be in the <laughs> middle of the hallway at school, and Colton will just be like, trust fall and falls. And it always catches, it catches everybody off guard every time. <laughs> <laughs> it happens the third all of the, the time. time to catch me. The other two thirds, third of the time I get caught, two thirds I just flop onto the floor. Sometimes they jump out of the way, which is pretty pretty bad, but it's okay. I don't. I usually try and catch you, but it's hard when you're like standing like kind of far away from me, and all of a sudden you just fall. And if I'm like talking to someone or like thinking and not paying attention, all of a sudden Colton's just falling at me, and my first reaction is, "Oh, well." 
<laughs> just have a moment I'm feeling of panic. Really put on blast by this. Like I'm feeling really, really <laughs> like I I was not expecting to be put on blast for my trust falling habits. <laughs> well, you should have when it the book talks about trust falling. You should have been prepared. Come on now, I'm disappointed. That's true. I should have. I should have come prepared. My bad. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, um, they just talk about these crazy trust falls that they're gonna do, and uh, his dad tells him that. He trusts Charlie and that they're bonded and that's adorable. That's so cute. It is really cute. Yeah, they just talk about the trust falls and then it kind of skips forward a little bit. And Charlie is still sleeping in the guest room because he doesn't know for sure if Radar can climb the stairs. And so mm-hmm. Radar comes in. She's clearly very like comfortable in this um in uh, their house, which is nice. She's gotten like she's made it her own. Um, Charlie's thinking about the sundial and the Bradbury no- novel. So we learn um, the Bradbury novel is called. Uh, I remember reading it and thinking I needed to mention it, but now I can't find the name of it. Crap. <laughs> mm, oh, it's called Something Wicked is the name of the novel. And I think mm. we should read it. <laughs> we should or read just it. Read a little bit of it just out of curiosity. How long is the novel? I'll, you keep going. I'll find information about something. Okay, wicked. it's called something wicked. But yeah, in yeah. the in the novel, basically, there's a carousel, and the carousel, if it goes forward, it can make you older, and if it goes in reverse, it makes you younger. And basically, that's how the sundial works, is what Mister Bodich says. Um, so, and then he also is thinking about just he's just thinking about this like world and how he wants to check it out, but he doesn't really know, like. You know, he doesn't know if it's real, if maybe Mr. Boach is just crazy, or, like, what? <laughs> um, what? What? This is the idea that he doesn't know if it's real, or if Mr. Boach is just, just crazy, or... <laughs> I mean, that's fair, right? Like, if an old man yeah, who's having a heart attack leaves you a message on it, he insane. says that he's 120 years old and there's this world, um, and that kind mm-hmm. of, like, in the sundial that parallels a literal book that he's probably read... I think that maybe yeah. he was a little crazy. He's not. We, we, no. We've established he's he's probably pretty sane, but nope. you know maybe he's crazy. He could be yeah. crazy. But um, he he's struggling to sleep, so he kind of goes outside. He takes radar outside, looks up at the stars, sees like the big the Big Dipper, and thinks about what Mister Boat said about the constellations being different in this other world. I and he's like, it's not that possible. Sentence, I thought what? that sentence was dumb. I don't think any real life person would be like the constellations are different, the stars are different, is what they would say. No one would say that. I don't think it's. See, I read it and I was like, that's a weird way to say that. And then he said it again later. I was like, no one is saying it that way. No one's looking at stars being different, being like there are constellations that have never been documented. No, we made the constellations. They weren't like a natural thing that existed. There's a belt. Yeah, but no, we made the belt. Well, that's true. But I guess like if you're Mr. Bodich, and you go down there, how many, if you go to this other world, how many times? Like, I don't know how often he goes, but probably a lot, right? If he's down there a lot, I feel like at some point you would probably sit out and look up at the sky, at the stars, and, like, try and find constellations, thinking, like, because, I mean, you do that here sometimes. If you sit out long enough, you'd sit there and think, oh, let's find the constellations. So I feel like if I were Mr. Bodich, I'd get to a point where I'd try and find the constellations just out of curiosity of, there's two moons. Are the constellations the same or are they different? You know? Right. I guess that's fair. But they're different. Well, we know that because he different. looked. 
Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, Charlie's thinking about whether he should tell his dad everything or whether he should keep it a secret. And he decides to keep it a secret because he isn't sure whether his dad would be able to keep it a secret or not. Like, he trusts his dad, but he feels like his dad would probably likely tell somebody and it would get out. And he thinks about the fact that, you know, what what, what Mr. Bonich said, what would happen if people found out there was another world? Like, it probably would not be good, right? They'd probably try yeah. and take over it because that's what we do, apparently, you know. Yeah, we raid. That's what that's what humans are. We, we're raid machines. We raid we're every raiders. place we find. We're raiders. We're raiders. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like the dog. I'm so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, I know. <laughs> um, anyways, skips time again. We're in section three now. And Charlie goes up to Mr. Butch's house. And he's trying to like clean it up a little bit after it was raided. Um, yeah. And he... He uh, brought Radar the first time and then realized it was this mistake because she kind of wandered around and looked really lost and very upset. And so he felt really bad. And so he took her back and she didn't like protest leaving at all because she was clearly didn't was upset to be there. Um, And so now he's doing the upstairs of the house and realizes that the whoever raided the house didn't really do anything to the third floor. They like, yeah, you know messed up the the first floor second floor and once they found the safe kind of like stopped um but so he's upstairs kind of writing things and fixing things um he thinks about all the things that he did with birdie and just like some of like the bad stuff that he's done in the past and he is um thinking about like he figures that this mr righto haha as he calls him (laughs) <laughs> who he's guessing raided the the house and like he's guessing he probably also killed Mr. Heinrich and he's like well at least Bertie and I never killed anyone um yeah but yeah. still you know um but he's fixing the uh bedroom bookcases when he finds uh this book that like the the cover is a funnel that's filled with stars and it's titled The Origins of Fantasy and Its Place in the World and the wait it's The Origins of Fantasy and Its Place in the World Matrix it's a very long title. Dumb title, um, yeah. Yeah, it's got a really big words, but it talks a lot about, like, different uh, fairy tales. So, like, Jack and the Beanstalk's mentioned, and, um, or just a lot of the fairy tales have two different, like, stories. So, like, the regular original, it's very, like, bloodthirsty and gross. And then you have, like, the original that's told to kids, uh, which we mm-hmm. already knew. But um, he talks about just how messed up like the original is of like jack and the beanstalk um but he puts the book back and that's kind of the end of that section so now we're on section five it is a monday he goes to see mrs sylvius in the office to tell her that he wants to take his once a semester community service on tuesday because he he wants to go check out the the portal um but he he needs to skip school to do it and so he tells her he's going to go, you know, door to door, like in downtown, like trying to like sell, like adopt a like different, like adopt a highway, like different things like that. Um, Mrs. Sylvia doesn't really park that kind of thing. Yeah, Mrs. Sylvia doesn't really believe him, um, but she, you know, lets him sign signs him off on it anyways. Um, and does Sylvia like him or no? I think so, but I mean. 
I, I do think she's just a little suspicious about the whole thing. But I, mean, I think oh, she likes him. Like, I don't know. Earlier uh, in the book, I thought she was, like, really a fan of him. And then it kind of now feels like she doesn't trust him at all. Yeah. I mean, she's right. She's right that he's... Yeah, she's not, not wrong. <laughs> but um, still. Yeah. But so Charlie has some extra time. So he's in the school library. And he looks up yeah. uh, Grimm's fairy tales. And... Mm-hmm. They don't have it, like, in the library, but they have a Kindle, and so they give him, like, the one-time use access code to it, and so he he looks it up, and he just is, again, reading, like, the darker versions of the, the fairy tales that we would know, and mm-hmm. he reads about Goylux and the Three Bears, and how it was an oral tale from, like, the 1500s, but there was no little girl named Goldilocks in it, like, at all. The main character was actually a really old woman who, like, invaded the bear's home and, like, destroyed it, and then, like, jumped out a window and ran out of the woods like that's the original story essentially break in break stuff dip that yeah. that was the original story which isn't much darker it's just weirder yeah just weirder yeah and then um he also reads about rumpelstiltskin and uh how the original version is instead of um i don't really know the story of rumpelstiltskin that well that's one that i like don't remember that much Mm-hmm. But basically, the the one that we would know, like the kinder one, um, he kind of like fl- leaves and like flies away. But in the actual original, he gets he tears himself apart, which is really a gruesome thought to think about. Can like I he just rips himself apart. Story I know of what it's so the one I know of it's it's the dude hmm, he I think steals a queen's baby. And unless he gives, unless she guesses his name, she can't have her baby back. And she guesses two names and gets it wrong. And then the way that she finds out what the name is, is she hides in the bushes and hears him singing a song about how no one will ever guess his name and how he's going to get to keep this baby. And oh. in the song, he sings his name. And so she does it. And like the message of the, the story is to not prematurely gloat i guess because he's gloating <laughs> to himself prematurely and she guesses she gets his name from that or at least I've never listener, if that. you're reading this if you're hearing this right now if you're hearing this right now i'm going what is he talking about that's this <laughs> one version of the story i've ever read so if i'm crazy i'm sorry but i have heard this version of this story i've never but like i said i rumpelstiltskin was not one that i've heard of really like i mean i mm. know of the name but i never like actually heard the full story like that i would not like obviously the grim stories are just wonky to begin with they're the originals they're not the, wonky well they are the originals but i'm saying like the the non-originals the ones that i would know from being a kid i don't know that one mm-hmm. anyways moving on charlie's now <laughs> <laughs> what we've gotten very off topic yeah let's <laughs> get back to it um so, Charlie's now in a class called America Today, which sounds um kind of boring <laughs> and awful. <laughs> but boring, he's yes. he's very distracted. He's thinking about the Bradbury novel, Something Wicked. Did you look it up? Something Wicked? Yeah, it's 264 pages. Oh, that's not all that long. That's actually Knock very that short. Knock that sucker out in an afternoon. Oh, for sure. I absolutely could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he's he's just thinking about the world and all the fairy tales he's read. He thinks about the Wizard of Oz. Um, and then his teacher is like, hey, uh, his teacher's name is Mr. Mas- 
Massensick? Massensick? <laughs> I don't know that if that's how you say that. <laughs> Massensick. That's how it's spelled, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but his teacher is like, hey, you know, Charlie, have you fallen asleep? And <laughs> uh, Charlie is, they're talking about, like, shootings. And his his teacher is like, what do you think of this? And his Charlie's answer is, like, bad. Like, just, yeah. yeah. I don't um, like it. What do you think about blue on black shootings is the question. And Charlie goes, bad. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. Um, That's bad. But his teacher goes back to lecturing and Charlie zones back out. Um, thinks about, because he's recognizing all these like little connections between fairy tales and his world. Um, and he thinks of it, he's like, no, it's just coincidences. Like, it's blue car syndrome. So... You know, like you have a car, like a blue car. If you own a blue car, you start seeing blue cars literally everywhere, and they call it blue car syndrome. And he's like, "That's what's happening." I'm thinking about these fairy tales, and so now I'm seeing connections to these fairy tales literally everywhere. Um, so he thinks about that, and he the class is over. His teacher comes up to him and he's like, "Really? That was your answer?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, sorry." And his teacher's like, "Well, you weren't wrong, so whatever, I guess." Yeah, you nailed um, it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yep. Um, so Charlie leaves the class and he runs into this girl whose name is Arnetta Freeman. And we find out that she, uh, they've done like study sessions together where they weren't really studying. Um, they did a lot of making out. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> and she basically asks him if he wants to come over tonight and re- read read uh hamlet and he's like i'd love to my dad's leaving for work or like for this like this trip and i better stick around and she's like oh that's no fun and then he uh they make plans for wednesday and suddenly he forgets all about the portal because he's thinking about this girl this whole section is such a horn dog moment literally (laughs) my boy like even in his like internal monologue of him writing he talks about like it's the the weird the way he describes it uh is weird backside switching uh, switching in a way that was well bewitching um, for the first time since the library i wasn't thinking about real world parallels to make believe ones my mind was on nothing but arnetta friedman but like he yeah. also like the, the way it, you, we talked about how he this character thinks very poetically and like writes very poetically yeah here that he loses all of that um, <laughs> he becomes your typical 17 year old boy yeah he go. becomes that's what happens he, <laughs> yeah it's strange <laughs> um anyways moving on we now skip forward again section six and his dad is leaving Sorry. Uh, really fast before you continue oh boy I found the section I was trying to think of where she's all the guy's always normally pretty poetic in his writing. Uh, this is what it says. She hugged two books tenderly to her breasts, which is such a like fan fiction horn dog sentence to say about a person. And yes. so that, yeah, that's I, I, when I read that, I was like, come on, my man. <laughs> he that's... really, he's got himself bewitched by a woman. Yep. Yep. Look for him though. Good for him. <laughs> Anyways, um, so like I said, his dad is uh, leaving bright and early Sunday morning, and 
he charlie asks like just a club soda cocktail hour right and his dad's like yeah mm-hmm. don't worry like it'll be okay take care of your dog she's limping again um you know and as he's leaving charlie runs out to him and gives him a extra hug and a kiss on the cheek and his dad's like what's that Aww. for and he's like Aww. just i just love you and that's really sweet that's and really sweet it is really sweet so his dad leaves and Charlie takes Radar out back, um, lets her, like, run around, gives her an extra pill because, you know, she's not doing very well. Um, and he heads up to Mr. Boach's house. And he gets there and makes sure Mrs. Richland's not around, makes sure no one's around, doesn't see anybody. And so he goes to the shed, opens the door, looks around, sees that the roach that Mr. Boach just saw is, like, a dark puddle of goo now. And yes. the other one that was there before is gone. Um, he looks at the um, the steps and it's kind of like, I don't like this. It's too quiet. There's no roaches. There's nothing like wandering around. But he decides to yeah. go down anyways. And so yeah. he goes down 185 steps um, of varying height is what Mr. Bodich says. And so Charlie is being very, very careful. He's taking really, really slow, like to get down, and he's like hugging the wall because he doesn't want to fall because that would probably be the, his death. Like he would die if he fell. Yeah, good call, um, good call, Charlie. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, so I, he takes these steps. He does, in fact, reach the bottom at 185th at the 185th step. So Mr. Bullets was not lying about the steps. He gets to the corridor. Question. Really fast. Really fast. Okay. You're walking. You're walking up a set of stairs. Okay. Uh huh. And you lift. You're walking, right leg, left leg, right leg, and on the right leg, you're on top of like the platform. Mm-hmm. Is that two steps or three steps? Because the third step was onto the next floor, and so you stepped up once onto a mm-hmm. step, stepped up a second time onto a second step. But when you stepped up a third time, you are now on the actual top of like the stairs. Like you're up yeah. at the top of them. So is it three steps or is it two steps? Um, I don't know. I feel like you I would what? say three because you still took a step up. Yeah, but it's not a step. Like if I if I That's cut true. the house into pieces and said, here's the steps, I wouldn't count the like landing of the floor as a step because then every floor is also just one section of a step. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I've i never th- ever once in my life thought about this. <laughs> so I, I have an answer time. for you. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, okay. continue. I You're wonder how Adri- Adrian Bowditch counted it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> same way Charlie counted it, apparently. They apparently. got the same number, so they must think alike. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he walks along the corridor. Uh, the dirt floor changes to cobblestones, like Mr. Bowditch said. And he also says it's about a mile. And Charlie believes that. He can hear, like, fluttering overhead. Uh, which he guesses are probably the bats, but he doesn't, like, shine the light because he doesn't want to know. And as he's walking, he finally sees a light, like Mr. Bodich had said he would find, and he walks towards it and experiences that lightheadedness. Um, and he just, he's he's gotten to the, the portal, I guess. I don't know if you'd really call it, I don't know if you'd actually call it a portal. Like, I don't know if portal is the right word for this. He's gone through the teleportation zone. Through the well, teleportation zone. I don't know if that's zone. right either. Like we don't know if they Could teleport. The light, the light-headed zone. But anyways, yeah. now he knows he's no longer in America. He's in what he's referring to as the other. And yeah. he walks out 
from underneath this like cave is what it looks like. It looks like a cave. There's like tendrils hanging down and he steps out onto a hillside and sees the poppies just everywhere. And there's a path that kind of leads through them. And at the end of the path, there's a little cottage with like smoke rising out of the chimney. And he looks out and he can see uh, the city and the city has like these really tall towers and they're green. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. and he thinks Mm -hmm. of the wizard of Oz and the Emerald city. And I really like mm-hmm. that connection. Like, I like the fact that Stephen King made a, a connection to something that, like, everyone would know. Because I think it's a really good, like, image. Because, I mean, we've all... Yeah. I mean, most people have probably seen the movie or, like, read the book, like, The Wizard of Oz. And so you'd be yeah. able to, like, make that connection of, hey, the city looks like The Wizard of Oz. And I just like that. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Yeah? Is the implication here that everyone who's written a fantasy book has somehow gotten, or fantasy story, has somehow managed to get themselves into this world where then they've experienced something that inspired the book. Is the is the implication that when you dream, you end, like, dreaming sends your consciousness to this world, and so people have, like, dreamed into here, and so they've written a story off what they've seen in their dreams. Well, how is the, it's, it's implying that, like, like, Bowditch implied that the merry-go-round was inspired by the sundial. Is it implied that, like, somehow authors see into this world and therefore write their stories similar to it because like emerald Um, city is too specific to be random i don't know i don't think like i don't think so i think he just makes a comparison that's what it looks like Mm. to him like i don't necessarily think my answer is cooler i mean i don't there's not really an answer like yes i think it's just in this situation, whatever you want it to be, I guess. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I Because <laughs> they definitely implied the, like, time dial one. They implied that yeah. he saw it. Yes. Adrian did. Howard did. I mean, Bowditch yeah, did. maybe. Like, I, yeah. I guess I could anyway, see that. continue. Um, so he starts walking towards the cottage, and he pulls out his phone and realizes, that, like, thinking he'd find a no-service, like, symbol on his phone. But his phone won't even turn on. Like, it's just... A, a brick that like a block that he cannot use like it's it's worthless the only thing he could use it for is a paperweight yeah a, an expensive nice paperweight yeah a very ex- a very expensive paperweight because this is an <laughs> iphone so it's very expensive <laughs> but he is just walking he looks and he he's like looking at the city and wondering how far away it is he guesses like 30 or 40 miles maybe but he also can smell the poppies. And Mr. Butch says that they smelled really good. And he agrees. Like, he is in love with the smell of these poppies. Like, they remind him a little bit of his mom. And, like, mm-hmm. that feeling he... Like, that, like smelling her scent when she'd hug him. And he's like, there's that was the only thing that's better than the smell of these poppies. Which really makes me want to smell these poppies. Like, I want to know what they smell like. <laughs> I think poppies are also, a like, ingredient in opium. Like, I'm pretty sure poppies, like, actually can knock you out. Well, you know, um, like, if you have, poppies can actually, like, if you have, like, poppy seed dressing, you can, um, your, like, drug test can come back positive. Yeah, because poppies, like, actually, they have a part of, that's, that's also, wait, Wizard of Oz also has a poppy field. They, they uh-huh. get passed out in a poppy field. That's why I said it Wizard reminded of me of the Wizard of Oz. Not just because the of the city, Emerald but city. also because of the poppies, yeah. So they definitely... Wizard of Oz is also implied to have been here. For sure, it's also implied yeah, to have been maybe. here. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. No way is there being like randomly Wizard of Oz also happened to get these two extremely specific details the same. Yeah. Wizard of Oz also was implied to be here. Yes. Um, so he nears the cottage. Charlie walks up to the cottage. It's just like your basic cottage, wooden sides, thatched roof. Um, but there are like lines, like crisscrossing lines, um, like clotheslines. And instead of clothes on them, there are shoes hanging off of them. So just mm. a variety, a variety and variety of different shoes. And nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as he's looking at them, a old lady walks out and she's the only reason you can really tell she's a woman is because she's wearing a dress, but her, she's like gray. Like she's not, she doesn't have like any color to her. She's gray. Her face is like basically blurred out of existence. Mm-hmm. And um, like her eyes are slits. Her nostrils are slits. Her mouth is like a crescent and she can like not talk, but he gets these vibes. Like he literally says he gets a vibe from her that he's going to like her. And like, there's nothing to fear from her um yeah but uh she notices him and is like trying to ask questions and he's like what are you saying because she can't really understand him um Mm -hmm. she offers him the she understands him though i should point out he can't really understand her just because she can't really talk very well but she can clearly understand what he's saying um she asks yeah go for it it says it says uh Yes, very nice, he says. Do you understand me? She nodded and then made a gesture I knew well. A thumb and forefinger circle, which meant okie-dokie pretty much all over the world. Parentheses. Except, I guess, in certain rare cases where imbeciles flash it to mean whites rule. Which I appreciate <laughs> that he calls them imbeciles. But I, it makes me, it made me laugh out loud when I read that the first time. Because <laughs> I was yeah. like, why? why? It, unnecessary to bring it up, but very much what a high schooler who's thinking would think immediately. Like, oh, that means okay except for when dummies do it and i just like that yeah um so i actually want to so she offers him she offers him uh like boots and he's like i don't think those would fit me um i actually want to do a dramatic reading here because i kind of just love the interaction between the two Mm -hmm. of them awesome here we go Looking at that mostly erased face made me feel a little woozy. I kept trying to see her features as they had been. I almost could. She walked closer to me and sniffed at my shirt with her slit of a nose. Then she raised her hands to her shoulders and pawed at the air. I don't get it. She bounced on her feet and made a sound that, when added to the way she had sniffed me, clarified things. Do you mean radar? She nodded vigorously enough to make her thinning brown hair fly. She made a wooz 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 sound, which I guess was the closest she could come to woof woof woof. She's at my house. She nodded and put one hand on her chest above her heart. If you mean you love her, I do too, I said. When was the last time you saw her? The shoe woman looked at the sky, seemed to calculate, then shrugged. Long. If you mean long, it must have been, because she's old now. Doesn't bounce too much these days, but Mr. Bodich, did you know him? If you know raids, you must have known Mr. Bodich. She nodded with the same vigor and the remains of her mouth turned up in another smile. She only had a few teeth, but the ones I could see were a startling white against her gray skin. Arian. Adrian? Adrian Bodich. She nodded hard enough to sprain her neck. But you don't know how long ago he was here. She looked at the sky, then shook her head. Was Radar young then? Puppy. Puppy? More nodding. She took my arm and pulled me around the corner. I had to duck under another line of dangling shoes to keep from being garroted. Over here was a patch of earth that had been turned and raked, as if she was getting ready to plant something. 
There was also a ramshackle little cart leaning on a couple of long wooden handles. There were two burlap sacks inside with green things sticking out of the tops. She knelt down and motioned for me to do the same. We faced each other that way. Her finger moved very slowly and hesitantly as she wrote in the dirt. She paused once or twice, remembering what came next, I think, then went on. Shh, good lift. And then, after a long pause, hmm? I puzzled over it and shook my head. The woman got on all fours and made her version of barking again. Then I got it. Yes, I said. She's had a very good life, but now she's old, like I said, and she's not, not doing so well. It caught up with me then, not just Radar and not just Mr. Bodich, but everything. The gift that was a burden I was supposed to carry, the decomposing cockroaches and finding the house at number one sycamore torn apart, probably by the man who had murdered Mr. Heinrich. By the pure craziness of being here, kneeling in the dirt with a mostly unfaced woman who collected shoes and hung them on crisscrossing clotheslines. But above all, it was raids. Thinking of how she sometimes struggled to get up in the morning or after a nap, of how she sometimes didn't eat all her food and then gave me a look that said, I know I should want it, but I don't. I began to cry. The shoe woman put her arm around my shoulders and hugged me to her. Oh, She said. Then with an effort, she got it completely in the clear. Okay. I hugged her back. She had a smell, faint, but nice. It was, I realized, the smell of the poppies. I cried it out in big, wet sobs, and she held me, patting my back. When I pulled away, she wasn't crying. Maybe she couldn't, but the crescent of her mouth was turned down instead of up. I think that's a very cute story. It's super like, cute. Like, I just, I think that whole, that whole interaction is very cute. Her talking about, like, she clearly loved Adrian. She clearly loved Radar. And then she holds him in, cr- like, while he cries. Like, that whole, I just, I, it's so sweet. It's weird how good of a person she is. She's such a good lady. Uh-huh. She's so good. I like her. Yeah. I like her, too. Um, but they continue to kind of write in the dirt, she mm-hmm. does. And... Because uh, Charlie asks, like, whether she could write, like, whether Mr. Bullish taught her to write. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And he, he, uh, she says that they're, they were friends. Like, she spells out, like, kind of spells out friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tells her that uh, he's dead. And she just clearly gets really upset and gives him a hug. And it's just a cute little, it's a cute sad moment. thing, but it's a very cute little ac- interaction they have. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, he tells her, like, she asks if he wants food, and he tells her he doesn't have time, but he will try and bring Radar if he comes back, and because he, he wants to take her to the sundial and try and, like, you know, extend her life. Mm-hmm. And he points to the city, and she gets kind of like, oh my gosh, and basically right, spells out danger, and she spells it out perfectly, meaning that she's probably written this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I know it's dangerous, but I will be careful. Uh, he asks her name, and she writes out Deary and then erases it and writes out Dora. And so her name is Dora, but uh, Mr. Bodich used to call her Deary. That was like her nickname. Yeah. And as he's trying to ask, Charlie tries to ask, is was that, um, is Deary like your nickname? He can't say the word nickname. Yeah. Like he's unable to say it. Like it's not like he's forgotten it. He just physically cannot get it out. The word and doesn't exist in his brain. Yes. Um. Yeah. So he tells her it was very nice to meet her and, you know, he's very thankful for, uh, like, her kindness and he's about to leave. And as he's about to leave, she shows him above, like, on her, like, um, it's on, I think it's on her cottage. The initials AB are written. Mm-hmm. And that was Mr. Boach's original initials that he had told Charlie to follow. He wrote them on her, on her cottage, too. Um, but 
he uh, Charlie thinks about the fact that he couldn't say nickname, and so he tries to say awesome sauce, but can't physically again get it out. So he says amazing instead, and skips forward time again. This last section of chapter eleven, uh, Charlie is leaving and as he's on his way out he thinks about the words that he couldn't say and realizes that he thought originally that dora could just understand english but he thinks instead it's he for some reason can understand her language but the words that he like some slang words that we would say don't exist and so he's not able to say them Mm -hmm. but so he goes back in to the uh like the cave and heads back down the corridor goes up the stairs and the chapter ends with he's putting the boards back over the well. Yeah. And all of a sudden he feels a uh, gun against his head. And someone says, that's right. Stay nice and still and we'll have no problem. I'll tell you when to move. I don't want to shoot you, kiddo. And I won't if I get what I came for. Ha ha. It's the and dude. That's where the chapter ends. It's the dude. It's, He's here. It's Mr. Right Ohaha. Right Ohaha's here. He's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is here. Man, that was a pretty good chapter. I liked that chapter. Stuff happened. I have theories. First theory. I think because okay. I, I've switched it. I don't think okay. this world is the inspiration for a lot of things. I think Charlie's going to discover uh-huh. that this the things in this world come about once they've come about like in the imaginations of people who exist. And that's why the woman's like, he says, I try and look at her face. I try to look at her um, like uh, uh, pieces of her face as they had been, because he, he keeps thinking of her as a drawing who has been smudged. And so like the, like, and so in my mind, that's somebody drew this woman and then smudged her. And now she exists because she was drawn in the imagination. Maybe some magic happens, but now she exists in this yeah. other world. And that's why the uh, like Emerald City exists and the time dial thing exists because people in our world created it. And somehow this like imagination land has made it exist in their world. Yeah. What do you think of that theory? Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. It's I That's feel like, really all I'm going to say. <laughs> I think it's a, like a decent theory. Yeah. Um, um, I also, I, I want you to theorize. Why do you think Doris, why do you think Dora's gray, and why do you think her face is like melted? Well, if and my theory is correct, someone see. drew her with charcoal and then decided to try and erase uh-huh. her, but didn't. Oh, you kind of just answered. Yeah, this, that's that's kind of my guess. But that's there's... that was a silly question. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, is there anything other theories I need to make? Um, what do you think is going to happen with? Whoever Mr. Right Ohaha or whoever's holding the gun against Charlie's head. Gonna make Charlie open the safe. That's the that's uh definitely where we're going. Gonna make Charlie open okay. the safe for sure. Um yeah. I don't know anything past that. I don't know what's gonna happen past that, but so what do you rate this chapter? Out of ten? This one? Yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. This is the best chapter so far. Oh, nice. Favorite chapter so okay. far. Okay. And what do you think if you wanna read? Fun stuff happening. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you want to read uh the chapter twelve names and guess what's going to happen? Yes. Okay. Here's the t- chapter twelve names. Christopher Polly. Okay, we're meeting Christopher uh-huh. Polly. It's the right ohaha guy. We're meeting him. Uh, spilled yes. gold. Something with the safe. Safe. I feel like it's a safe. <laughs> That's a safe bet. Oh. Um, <laughs> ha <laughs> Very funny. Not so nice. <laughs> maybe it's about like leprechauns not being nice. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh. Preparations, it's him preparing to go back into the uh him preparing to get back into the portal. That's he's prepping okay. to go back and like actually make the forty mile journey to the Emerald City or whatever. 
Okay. That's it. Solid. As I'm right. I've nailed all four of those. I'm 100% correct. I'm sure you have. Success rate 100. All right. Now I think we've officially arrived at the time to rank the characters. Yay. Now it's time. Okay, we're going to go really fast. I think uh, Charlie stays oh, number wait, one. Oh, wait, we have to I read last week's? Come on, what are you I'm doing? I'm so sorry. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, so You're our right. week, week six, we have Charlie, Dad, Radar, Melissa, Lindy, Mrs. Richland, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Bill Harryman, Andy Chen, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Ackerley, Office Will... Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Cray, Mrs. Silvius, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness... Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich in our dead tier. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Um. Now we have three new people to add. We have to wait real fast. We have three people to add. Ar- Arnetta, Mr. Masiek, and Dora. Yes. Those three to add. Um. Let's um, do, do we want to do people we, we already knew first? Or do we want to do the new yeah. people? I think, okay, Charlie starts. I think Radar beats Dad this chapter. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Is there anybody else? We didn't really see anybody else. I don't think anybody else really I changes. Think, really, personally, I think Dora goes below dead. Like I know we just I think met Dora her, goes third, but I, I said below dead, so fourth. Oh, fourth. You're right. Sorry, my bad. I like her a lot, so I think she's. She goes I like her a lot too. I think Arnetta goes fifth. Really. I I think it's funny that he has a love interest that he's just super like into. That she makes me that laugh. High? So I like her. Put her below Lindy. Okay. Put her above Mrs. Richland and below Lindy. I that like seems that fair vibe. To me. I'm good with that. Yeah, because I think genuinely made me laugh out loud watching this these you know horny teens interact. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, I think Mr. Masick goes above the Mr. Uh, Mr. Ackerley. Okay. Just put him we by also the other, saw Mrs. Silvius too. Mrs. Silvius? Have, oh, we did see her. I don't think she changes though. I think I, think I feel like she could she go up just because we've seen her more. Okay, like, yeah, let's, like let's let, go... let her be Officer Wilmark. Be above the officers. Okay, that's fine. Below Mr. Ackerley. Yeah. Not good with you? I'm good with that. Wonderful. And so now um, we have our new list. And I don't think anything else changed. I mean, we met the the Mr. Right Ohaha, technically. Uh, no, but we don't know his name yet. We can do him next week. To... Let's actually, here, we'll put him in Wish You Were Dead. Okay. We wish he was currently he has a gun to our guy's our guy's head. So I think it makes sense for him to enter uh um, wish you were dead. Our tier. first our first wish you were dead tier from this for this, this for this uh, book. for this book. Crazy. We've had wish you were dead in the past, but this is the first time yes. in this book that we've had a wish we you were dead. We didn't see anybody so else, our, I don't think, right? Nope. That's everybody. So now it's time to read the week six list, and it goes like this. Charlie, Radar, Dad, Dora, Melissa, Lindy, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Bill Harriman, Andy Chen, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Masiek, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness, and that's our living tier. Our Wish You Were Dead tier is Mr. Right Haha, and our dead tier is Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. And that's our official tier list. I think it's a pretty good one. I think yeah. we did a good job on this one. I do. I agree. Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of characters in this that we're never probably going to see again. <laughs> that like, we're never seeing again. There's just a lot of... I didn't realize how... Because I, when I thought about this... Because, I mean, Warbreaker had a lot of characters. Yeah. And when I thought about this, I was like, oh, there's not nearly that many characters. But there are... This, is, this list is long. It's, it's not short, it's, for sure. It's just because there's a lot of like little characters that I forgot about. Because they like appear once. Like there are so many characters that are like like the teachers. 
Like, there's so many teachers that just pop up randomly, and then we never hear from again. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, you know, well, things like that. Let's let's see. In week six of Warbreaker, we had a total of twenty, uh, two characters. How many do we have here? In week six of this one, we have, uh, um, twenty nine. So. So, there's, yeah. there's actually more here more. than there are in, in yeah. there were in Warbreaker. Goodness, yeah. I can't believe well, we're only six weeks into this. It feels like we've been reading this one. Like it feels like this one's been going for a while. But then looking at the other yeah. list, I, I pulled up Warbreaker. I'm like, wow, we have a ways to go. I'm excited. I'm I'm pretty excited. About I am it. also excited. There's a lot that's gonna happen. I'm very excited. Yes. Um, I don't think I ever said at the beginning what chapters we were reading next week. Oh, we'll tell them now. Yeah, so next week we're reading chapters 12 and 13, and that's it. Another two week. There's a lot of two weeks in this. Just another two week. All right. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Alezia, who is the creator of our intro and outro theme song. That is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. He makes great music. You should check him out. We also want to say to go ahead and check out our Instagram which we are uh, very proud of. We post every week. You can see the pictures there uh, that go with the chapters if you don't have the physical book. Uh, is there anything yes. else we need to say? Um, just make sure you read chapters 12 and 13. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah. You better read. You better read. Or else, oh, you're right. Or else Sydney <laughs> will push you down a well. Sydney will push oh, you down a well. We'll see how that. Specifically 100 85? 185 step well. Yeah, 175 foot well. 185 step well. Uh, yes, she'll push you down that. 185 step well with a mile long corridor at the bottom of it and that leads into another world specifically. So it's kind of a gift. If you survive that fall, you're going to have a great time down there. You're uh, not going to survive You're not going to survive the fall. Unless, you, unless you're Mr. Budish or Colton's sister who are really good at catching <laughs> themselves as they fall, then maybe you could survive that fall. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this week of Fantasy Book Club. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyrely. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.